it started yet? I don't think it started yet. Everybody click yes. Mine's All right, cool. recording. I think we're good now. All right, guys. What's up? Not a lot. What's going on, guys? Bloody day. Well, sub 50K Bitcoin. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Shit, shit's sold off pretty hard. Like a lot of shit, everything, almost everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, options expire tomorrow for like over $5 billion, almost $6 billion worth of options expire tomorrow. Um, so I think that's been a pretty big catalyst as to why all this crazy price action has been happening over the last five year, five days. So Some of our new alts are really kicking, kicking butt. Yeah, what happened to them? In the last couple of days, uh, I think at one it's at a certain point in time, every single one of them uh, was at least like an F in profit. I think maybe not APY. Um, now, uh, Dig is 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 sitting. Uh, Dig sitting up good. Um, Centivate is is up decent. Values up. Uh, value D hedge and unslashed have kind of came down. Um, but those five are still all, uh, above where we purchased them, uh, last week. Yeah, I, everything's, everything's red, um, in terms of all the, all the big stuff. So on days like this, like what, <clears throat> what happened? bunch of money flows out. I, I love days like this. Like I, I enjoy seeing wreckage. I'm kind of a, you know, contrarian when it comes to the general up always, you know, kind of like everything trends up mentality. It does, but like it doesn't go straight. And so you end up having these days or these periods of times where everything gets wrecked, everything, you know, and it's like, well, what's the purpose of this? How did this happen? You know, I think what ends up happening when, in the trading world is you end up having a lot of people who are on leverage just get wiped out. But who wiped them out? And like, how does that whole thing happen? Or like, what do you guys think happened here? We might get the storyline over the next so, you know, period of time. But what happened? I, I think there's two things, right? I think I think there's the the, the trend and the market maker who who like broke the trend. Right. It's like everything's been following that curve slope line, which follows like time weighted average price. And, you know, the market maker has been has been protecting that time weighted average price. And, uh, you know, a couple of days ago that 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 slope line was was broken and it was never reclaimed. And so the trend is is broken. But the other thing at play is like fundamental. And the fundamental side of it is that they just passed uh, FATFA, just passed the regulation, basically saying like, if you're using crypto in a non-hosted KYC wallet, like non-KYC wallet, then like you're you're pretty much doing it for legal activity. And uh, the the travel rule applies on all of crypto, including NFTs, and 
that um, if you are sending money to an exchange from an unhosted wallet, like our Ethereum wallet, then and then like when this regulation goes into effect, they're supposed to reject that that uh, transaction. So, you know, uh, that's not in the U.S. That's going to be in Europe. But a lot of people are going to be like playing playing ball with that because if you want to do do business with them, you gotta you gotta comply with that that regulation. And we've like sold off hard since that news came out. Right. But, and even in the circles that I run in, like they're, that they're trying to attribute the sell off to, to that, right. To like, to that, that fundamental, but, but something like that is known about way in advance by the people with money. Right. Like, like something like that gets sold off pre-announcement. It doesn't get sold off post-announcement. And so what, what I think really is happening here is that this is a, a, a major fake out um on bitcoin um let me show you let me share my screen yeah, it's a major fake you. out on bitcoin because information's asymmetrical and the people with information would have known about this prior to it happening so here here's where we are right now but if you go back and look at 2017, I think that where we're at is here. And we're, we're either we're either in March or in September, right? Where we've, we've had this big sell-off with a come up higher than the sell-off. And like a run-up and then a dip. And then we came back to the run-up. And then we sold off hard. I think we're here, right? Because this would have broke that trend at the time that it was playing out. And then afterwards, we went on Bitcoin's final leg. That's also when alt season happened. So I'm looking at this. I'm thinking that like we, we, we might come down and retest this high somewhere like in the, in the lower forties, but then like we could rebound hard, go back up in that trend line and still make it to like a hundred K in quarter two. Um, but yeah, just this whole move to me just screams manipulation. Well, we've had a lot of activity. <clears throat> we've had uh, had all the, the corporate stuff. We've had just new buyers come in. Um, you know, it kind of feels like things are cooling off. But then again, like we we all know, like you have to have a little bit of trouble before you know you got to squeeze people out. Um, you got to separate the weak hands from the strong hands, and the market always tends to kind of do that and reward the the people that stuck through it. So. I do kind of feel like this is this is just kind of like a bleed out. You guys think it's going to keep on going from here? I mean, uh, let's let's place it. Where are we at? Like fifty two right now, or fifty three? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I think we could always knife down. But what I'm looking at right here is this volume, right? Like this huge green volume candle, like more than any other 
Like besides that candle, you take that out of consideration. This green volume candle is bigger than any other volume candle. Like at at freaking fifty three. Okay. Then you got these two red volume candles that are also bigger than all the other volume candles. But look at how small their bodies are comparatively to like say this this volume day or this volume day. So or even even here on this volume day, like look how small these candle bodies are with such big volume. That's a lot of Bitcoin trading hands to somebody who's got the money to buy it here. Yeah, there's a lot at play. Uh, Morgan Stanley announced last week that they're ready to sell it to their their um, high net worth individuals. So, you know, that was kind of a sell the news event, but still super bullish because that investor base has never had access to Bitcoin before. Um, you got ETF, an ETF news that was just launched today. Uh, Fidelity just 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 approved to uh, launch an ETF. Um, to me, the biggest driver was, I mean, one we've had a monumental run up. Uh, you know, fifteen times from the bottom last year around the same time. Uh. Again, in 2017, we had a 20 times run up. And as Bitcoin gets bigger, you rarely get the same multitude, magnitude runs. So it, it seems like a pretty solid place to just cool off, consolidate. I, I think we, we've talked about the super cycle before and Suzu and Three Arrows Capital. And just because we might be, be in a 100-year bull market or a super cycle, let's just say, doesn't mean that we're not going to have pullbacks. And I think, uh, again, a 40% drop from the highs, the local top was around 36. Um, one thing on that note is like, as crypto, as Bitcoin and specifically Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, mature, options will likely play a larger and larger role in defining market direction. Uh, and the term Max Payne, is thrown around often, uh, but Max Payne, specifically when it comes to options, is a calculable number. Uh, like you can actually like figure out a a uh, a number that would cause the most pain based off of the volume of all the calls and puts and the prices that are attached to them. And right now, for this ex expiry uh, tomorrow, the Max Payne numbers are around forty five k for. Bitcoin and about 1100 for F. Uh, now that's not to say that these things have to happen, right? We're in a raging bull market, uh, a super cycle, if you will. It doesn't mean those have to have to hit, uh, and it doesn't even mean that they have to be the bottom. You know, they it could still go below. But those are just like contextual numbers um, that that to me kind of act as magnets uh, for for the price right now, and so. This volatility that we're seeing is, is I think, welcomed, uh, you know, whereas Bitcoin did, did uh, what's it called, uh, however much from uh, about 15 times from the bottom, what did ETH do? Was it like 20 times, if I remember correctly? No, it's even more than that. So 
Yeah, in March, they got $80, so 1600 divided by 80, what is that, 20 times? Yeah, 20 times. So F just did 20 times as well. Uh, I think a, a breather makes sense. But that being said, some of these alts look amazing. Um, like Link and Zcash specifically, uh, those kind of seem like they bounced off support. Um, it's still a little bit too early to tell just in the last hour, but you and I were talking about that pitchfork a while ago on Link uh, that Josh 33, 33 Moku likes. Um, and right now we, we bounced off it like to the T, which was which is beautiful to see. Uh, Zcash hit a huge block of support uh, last night and I'm getting a buy signal on the TD9. Um, and these are all on Bitcoin basis, on a Bitcoin basis. Uh, you, we talked about the ETH the wallet and some of our positions last over the last week. Uh, I think we, we got in generally at a really great time. Um, we saw some price appreciation rapidly and then we're seeing a nice pullback now so just like recapping the entire market it does seem to be relatively bullish um as in like oh we're not about to enter a bear market if anything we'll enter some consolidation here for a while uh but but yeah overall i, I guess the last thing i want to mention is while crypto has sold off we have seen some pretty tremendous strength from the dollar, the Dixie. So the dollar has actually done pretty well. And, you know, it's kind of against the narrative. You know, you see a lot of the time that's the dollar shit, you know, cash is trash, all that stuff. And, and what we're seeing right now is the dollar rally a pretty sizable bit. Um, and it is going through this block of resistance that I'm looking at right now. Um, if we can clear 93, right we're at 9260 9270 right now um if we can clear 93 that's a pretty bullish sign uh that that the dollar would be breaking out and you know further downside would be would be warranted for for bitcoin and ethereum alts are a little bit different but at least bitcoin and ethereum so um i guess where i'm i stand it wouldn't surprise me to go down a little bit further i think 36k would be like fucking all in bitcoin if we get to that level um but yeah i think as for as far as alts are concerned ethereum doesn't look terrible some other alts don't look terrible uh and then we got elon tweeting about DeFi this morning so, so all aboard the DeFi train well power pool i've never i've never seen a better entry than uh than power pool especially on the ethereum chart like, you know, we t we've talked about before that like in, in crypto, like instead of a five wave Wyckoff accumulation, there's a seven wave Wyckoff accumulation dis distribution pattern. And PowerPool is about as distributed as it's going to get. I mean, it ain't going to distribute much more. Dig looks amazing um, because we're literally at that point to where the price of dig is almost greater than the price of bitcoin and when the price of dig achieves greater than the price of bitcoin you start getting airdrop dig to your account so if we were going to pick up some dig today would be the perfect day to pick up dig um 
because we're like we're literally just going to start getting airdropped based on the amount that we have and it's going to keep going up because it's higher than bitcoin and we'll just keep getting airdrop dig as long as the price of digs higher than bitcoin um so yeah i mean all these alts like they're all getting close to touching the bottom line of their of their slope and it's like if they if they reverse off the trend then it's it's up only right like that's that's the thing is like we're this weekend looks like it could be do or die like if you look at helium like helium is within you know 40 cents 50 cents of of it, the, the baseline of its trend it's like if it kisses off that trend and goes up man we're bullish the next like three months well, i got a question for you guys <clears throat> so when we see when we have like bloody days like this we have we're down i don't even know what like 10 20 percent um you know a lot more in some things um like what like what do you guys when you look at your phone and you see the market like what are you guys thinking on days like this like what goes through your 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 mind what's do, were you guys up last night following stuff were you guys looking through charts were you guys wa waiting for it to settle what what do you guys do whenever the market takes a shit for me it's all opportunity cost for for, for me it's it's all opportunity cost like i'm thinking about it like this is like you know like these are expected we've been here long enough days like these are expected you 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 they, they come a lot less than they used to and when they do i just go to my portfolio i see what's reacted the the most like i just like this to, to evaluate like wh how things reacted because it gives me the sentiment of the bag holders in those projects and then i like to make adjustments on my portfolio based on that right like I generally believe that even things that correct harder will recover, but like a lot of times those things, like depending on the project, I may cut that bag altogether on the recovery or I may double down, right? Because of like how, how much attention there is on it. And then other things that didn't uh, dump that hard, like I'm looking for the pump that's coming soon so I can get out of it, right? Because like, Whoever's holding that bag is like, I'm not, I'm not selling. I'm not selling. We're, we got to finish this mission. And so it's just like those bags, you need to cut bait on the pump because those guys are ruthless. <laughs> you know, like they ain't got a soul. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Ro? What do you do on, uh, on days like this, weeks like this? Um, last night, I was like, oh, everything looks like shit. I'm just gonna go to sleep. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, I, I don't want, yeah, I was like, you know, just like, all right, I don't, I don't wanna deal with this. I'm not gonna watch this go down all night. So that was, that was my reaction. I had a great night's sleep. Um, but no, in general, uh, yeah, a lot of what Tyler says, um, you know, if, if things are, bad um you know to be fair like this is a, a, a 
I talked about it last week, you know, just if a, a drop from 50K or from 60K is um, 36K. So it was always in the cards. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, weather the storm, dollar cast average into some things, uh, specifically Link and Zcash, you know, those are, those are really two that I really like right now. Um, but yeah, really just like, solid projects this is a discount you know this is a discount you're getting and and i think you you should buy in uh it does seem to me like again coming back to to the recap i just talked about was it's 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 almost like this shift forward from 2017 to today um where we have our alts right our main portfolio and our trading wallet um but alts to me now are like our F wallet. You know, that's like, that's where the true, like real opportunity lies. That's like our alts to me back in 2017. Whereas our holdings now are like our, our real positional, maybe not infrastructure plays, but like these, our trading wallet are, are all things that are gonna be here most likely for, for a very long time. Whereas our, our F wallet's like, okay, this might might be more well, some of these things will be there for a long time but some of these are just trades you know just trying to trying so to flip some you're out. talking you're talking about the, mar the the market maturing in the last cycle so like since the last cycle to where before if you held bitcoin that was kind of like okay cool you were you were in crypto and then if you had f and some other alts it was kind of like okay you had some other kind of stuff that was like the majors but not a whole lot and then the rest was just all speculative and whereas here you've got more than just bitcoin as kind of like the established okay you're in crypto and that's kind of the eth ecosystem whereas everything else like the derivatives of the eth ecosystem like the things built on top and then kind of like the experimental stuff is more like alts back then is that fair yeah a little bit yeah definitely so, um, yeah so i'm um, I mean, the way I understood it was like, you know, the, the spectrum has kind of widened and there's more um, there's more like participants across all bands, um, but we're still participating across all bands. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, and then most of these are just I'm, I'm really just thinking about 2017 and remembering some stuff right now. It's just like the pace of innovation back in 2017 was I thought pretty crazy but now especially when it comes to DeFi, you have some of the smartest people in the world you know um suzu andre cronier like a bunch of people who are so smart and so involved in DeFi, but who only one are aware of a fraction of what's going on in the DeFi, and then two understand what's going on um Sam Bank Friedman was saying, uh, you know, how like people are just building shit and only later understanding how it like fits into the overall ecosystem. And only later when they mix with other people, other things that people built are realizing the actual potential of, of, of everything. And so it's a super exciting time and, and it, it really confirms the three arrows capital Suzu thesis of like, holy shit we're at the point where crypto is becoming 
mainstream. People are using crypto every day. Um, and that will only contain, will only continue to like gain traction. Yes, there will be swings um, in terms of price, but in terms of overall user adoption and, and application layers, you know, there's D, there's like some, just to name some of the projects going on, like there's obviously HNT and decentralized networks and providing LoRaWAN networks. Uh, there is, <clears throat> I've seen decentralized uh, blockchain based VPNs, which is pretty powerful. There's decentralized storage, uh, there's decentralized cloud. Um, with actual applications, you know, like there there are applications for all of these things um, beyond, you know, just financial services that that DeFi is really, really taking taking a, a bite out of right now. Um, so so it's just kind of super interesting to see how the market's maturing. But yeah, especially with some of these micro caps and these ETH wallets, specifically for our ETH wallet, um, that does seem like seems like trading alts in 2017 like that's where where the true like upside and downside potential is you know there it goes both ways one thing of note uh i, I did want to bring up and i'm kind of like i don't know how i feel about this entirely so maybe i'll just be good to talk about soul especially on the BTC pair is looking kind of heavy to me. Um, and uh, I think maybe something that's factoring into that is the FTX announcement, naming after buying rights to the Miami Heat Arena, naming it FTX Arena. Uh, I, I sent out real? an article. Is that yeah, for real? Yeah. That's awesome. Through, throughout through 2040. That's amazing. That's so great. And um, it seems to me like a good, well, I mean, honestly, like that's, if you ever needed exit liquidity, this would be the time to do it because you're generating so much speculation and excite and hype around FTX. So, uh, and couple that with like, technically Seoul does look a little, a little heavy. There would have been a better time to sell than here at Candidly. So we don't have to do it by any means, but just something to consider uh because it it does seem like you know they've had a, an amazing run and this is kind of the cherry on top but more broadly speaking i'm still super bullish on soul uh because i think nftt or ftx uh ftt however you want to call it um because i think this is a play into sports betting like they are going to try and make their way into not only exchange but sports betting prediction markets the whole nine yards well you also got to remember there they are providing the 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 backing behind BlockFi, and BlockFi They're one of one of several. Well, no, I'm talking about the liquidity, or my thing about Blockfolio. No, I'm thinking about Blockfolio. Which one's the one yeah. where you can go and actually trade crypto now? Blockfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Blockfolio so, so he 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 also provides the backing liquidity to Blockfolio, and He's getting into sports betting and he was Biden's second largest presidential donor and his business is based out of Hong Kong. Like the dude's taking over the world. 
I mean, he's making a, like a killer play for Ethereum, which is beautiful, like, which is amazing. Uh, I'm just saying that like Sam reminds me of like Napoleon. Yeah, I mean, all's fair in the future of the world. <laughs> you know, like that's what's at stake here. So, but no, technically speaking, it did seem like a, a pretty awesome opportunity to sell. Uh, and, and we've definitely sold off some since, since the announcement. Um, but I could see us dropping to like sub 20,000 sets. So, um, Elon tweeted earlier today, what do you say? Don't, don't defy DeFi. You can't defy DeFi. Something like that. Mm, don't what, defy what's, DeFi. What's he talking about? Is he just like, does he just tweet every time he learns something or like, you know, like that's kind of what he's putting out there, but you know, he knows all this shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's an expert so, at all this shit. Is he just kind of bringing the, bringing the masses along, you know, and kind of being like, Hey, cause if you didn't, if you were following Elon and you didn't know what he's talking about, you're going to go look into it. You know what I'm saying? Is he, is he doing that? Is that, is DeFi like the next step for like, he's going to leave Doge alone and kind of just start being like, yo, everybody hop on DeFi. DeFi. So it's, it's the same narrative for me as Sam announcing uh, FTX Arena. It, it provides great exit liquidity because you know people are just going to market by whatever. Um, so it's scary because I think it's the same play as the thing that I think Sam's doing. However, it's Elon. And part of me wants to believe he has e retails back, but I just don't like, I don't know, <laughs> but that's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's a big belief, you know, that's uh, a, that's could be a very tall tale I'm telling myself. So I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I, I look at Elon and like, look, he, he's got money. <clears throat> he, he's not one of these like, 24 year old influencers and in, in crypto Twitter that has bought a bag and is now shilling it because they desperately need you to give them 30% on their F position so they can go and buy some other low market cap alt that's probably going to zero, right? Like it, this is Elon. And if I, if I'm Elon and, and I make a tweet like that, I, I haven't like bought DeFi and I'm hoping you pump it. Like I'm signaling not just to you, to regulators around the world, do not mess with DeFi. Quit, quit with this FATFA, VASPA stuff. Don't, don't mess with the future of the finance for the world because you're scared. Like, don't defy DeFi. Like, I don't see it as him trying to like pump my bags. Like, it's kind of like the Dogecoin. Like, I see it as him saying like, "Hey, this is a good thing. Like, let's let's protect this." Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And in terms of like who he's, who he's talking to, you know, it's definitely not like a thing about retail, you know, if, and I think like, if you look at it from like retail is a segment because retail compared to what institutional, you know, and all that kind of stuff, like 
but we're when we're talking about this we're kind of talking about like it's not really retail because it's not just investors that follow him right it's kind of like who follows him it's kind of like his following or like like the the you know like whatever his everybody has a mob you know and i think he's just kind of given playing into that you know how how many million followers does he have well like whatever whatever like mindset that common collective people have they find something in common and they like what elon has to offer and if you have a following like that you got you know you kind of have a responsibility a little bit and i think he's got probably got people you know screaming and yelling and trying to get his attention and be like you know what do we do here and but he he did say he set up uh set up uh, Doge mining machines with his kids, you know, a couple months ago and uh, said it was fun, you know, and the, you guys saw the Tesla announcement today. Uh, Ro, what was it? I think you posted it earlier. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, he posted saying, uh, you can now buy Tesla with Bitcoin. Uh, Tesla is using only internal and open source software and operates Bitcoin nodes directly. Bitcoin paid to Tesla will be retained as Bitcoin, not converted to fiat currency. So what does that, what does that mean? Tesla is using only internal and open source software and operates Bitcoin nodes directly. What does that mean? Is he mining Bitcoin? Is that what that means? If you run a node, you're just like, you're the you're just keeping an updated copy and posting transactions. So why would they? So you're you're, you're broadcasting transactions. Like think about how our node is taking our, our helium nodes are taking the taking the the signal from the tabs, and then they're sending they're sending it to a node that's in the consensus group, and then the consensus group is mining it to like actually putting it. So like we like he he's actually would be would be submitting the the transactions. So like, I guess, help me, help me understand, like, what is the benefit of that? How does that, like, why is that helpful for Tesla or why I say that? That's Cause like, helpful. well, you're keeping a copy of it. So you're like running a full node. So like, you're, you're like being the, the supporter you're like it's like like yeah we're we're keeping everybody else honest because we're running a full node we're having the work we're we're storing the block as it's coming in and we're also like broadcasting uh like like so like we could ha he could have it to where basically if if tesla utilized bitcoin in the cars he could have it to where tesla's all of tesla's cars were sending their transactions through his node and his node is pointing like to a, to, to a mining pool, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you think that's that what we were talking about is actually going to happen? He's just going to use Bitcoin and not even do it. Like, cause I mean, it's the whole company. Now you've got it on the, if he, sheet. if he's a badass, if he's a badass, which he is, then he uses something like 
like Ren instead of Bitcoin or something, or he creates his own interoperability layer, which I don't think he's going to do. I take too much time. I could see him using Ren. I don't know if he uses, I don't, I don't see him being a lightning network guy. Like he could be, but I don't see him being a lightning network guy. Like I, cause like Ren's about to have smart contracts. And so I could see him like gasless smart contracts. So I could see him like having something to where they're like, you're wrapping Bitcoin and then utilizing Bitcoin for everything within Tesla and then unwrapping it out the other end and withdrawing. I mean, that would be cool if he actually utilized Bitcoin within Tesla's system. Oh, that would be so cool, man. I mean, like, cause here's the thing, like we were talking about, he's already got everything set up for that. You know, you, you know, the Tesla system is vertically integrated, you know, they own the superchargers, um, you know, they sell you the car, they, you know, they've got everything in house, the repairs, the financing, even the insurance is coming. Um, and then the whole rent your car out. Well, first of all, like buy it, lease it, you know, whatever, but, but rent out the car's time in this robo taxi type service. And it's like, the whole pitch for the last several years was when that goes live, when autonomous vehicles go live um, or, you know, autonomous driving gets activated in a lot of vehicles and it's, it's common and you don't actually need to drive your own car. You can just be driven around in it. Well, then your car could theoretically drive other people around when it's not driving you around and you should earn money for that because it's your car. You paid for the investment unless you want to lease or some hybrid version of that, which it would essentially pay for itself. You'd have access to a ride share type shared car program where a car could, you know, be used for a lot of people, but the full ecosystem with that would be, you know, you kind of buy a car and then you get, you get credits back, right? You get credits back that you could turn around and use at superchargers for trips. Um, and you know, that whole, token use system is best served by crypto and blockchain. You know, the fairness of that system is, has been proven so many times in the token economics of crypto um, that you can, you don't have to be a crypto thing or, you know, like um, a blockchain thing to benefit from applying blockchain and or crypto to your, the economic side of things to power and make more fair things that regular monetary systems can't do. Um, and so within the Tesla system, he's got a monetary system that right now goes through traditional means. When you buy a car, you, you know, you can put a hundred dollar reservation on your credit card, uh, but you got to pull it out of your bank. You got to go through a, you know, financing type thing. It's very traditional. And up until today, right. With Bitcoin uh, being a valid purchase option. Um, but before that, and then anytime you go to a supercharger and you, you know, charge up, um, you put it on your credit card. Well, it's like, well, you know, if I wanted to just like drive around for free, um, I should just be able to give other people rides, um, and rent out my Tesla for that. And essentially they'd be subsidizing. And so a closed ecosystem, uh, that was open. So you, people could bring their own money in. Well, it's already open and it's already closed, but it's not integrated, uh, integrated. And you could do that very easily with, applying a crypto. And so we threw around, okay, could that be Doge? Is that why he's pumping Doge? Uh, because he's going to incorporate, you know, Doge or, uh, some other crypto. Um, but I mean, putting, putting the integration in it for Bitcoin is badass. Um, sticking with the OG, the OG currency, but 
I mean, arguably he should probably be probably be going the Ethereum route, don't you think? I mean, just from the ability to to build with it. So well, go for it. So well, it's going on the Ethereum route, um, which is, I mean, if you want to keep something on topic, I'll I'll let you go. But I want to I want to talk about layer twos and Ethereum and and layer ones, uh, like like transition. So if you've got something relevant, go only, ahead. Okay. The only thing I'm going to add, and it's a little off topic as well, is why did why did Elon pick Dogecoin? Um, you know. The only we the only and I thought about this relatively a lot. Um, the only reason he I would say he did is because it hasn't been developed for years. You know, it's stagnant. So it's like sushi swap. You know, like somebody you have this code that's just laying out there. You know, it's one of the most decentralized coins out there because anybody who's ever been in crypto probably has messed around with Doge a little bit. Um, maybe it's different now, but like, it's one of the most decentralized currencies and nobody's been developing it. So you can develop it with anything. You know, you can make it whatever, if you, as long as you understand the base code. Um, and so let's say he does that with Doge. Why can't, you do that with Bitcoin then. You know, Bitcoin is a little bit harder, but, you know, and I'm not saying it can happen right now. There's still Bitcoin core and all this stuff, but like, who knows how the future is going to play out. But, but yeah, that's, and I just listened to a, to a 30 minute podcast with Peter Thiel. And I thought that was really, really fascinating as well some of the some of the topics he brought brings up but anyway back to you tyler well, that's, that, well, that's the, my point. The, the comment on uh, the comment on that like i i'm a believer that elon is not is not satoshi and neither is peter Thiel, but they were, were were deeply involved in the early phases right and paypal and what they were trying to accomplish at PayPal and what Bitcoin accomplished, you know, they're, they're, they're very simpatico. Also, you know, in the early days, you have uh, uh, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk. Their biggest disagreement was the language that PayPal should be written in. And Bitcoin's written in the language that Elon wanted it written in, um, which is C. And... Um, you know, I, I believe I believe Satoshi is the guy that's in in, in jail. Satoshi Paul R Larue or whatever, uh, Salachi. I believe him and Hal Finney did it. But I believe that Elon was was there, right? And like, and and the thing is, is I think that what the world is trying to set Elon up for, I think they're going to try to put him in that Satoshi role. I think they're going to cast him there. I think they're going to like build this shroud, this vague shroud of of mist like around Elon and Satoshi. And I think that because of that, he's never going to really do anything with it. Like he's not going to develop on it. He's not going to build on it. And he's going to try to encourage other people to build on it. And I think, I think him building on Doge is like the signal of like, I'm Satoshi, right? Like, right. Like I I'm going to take this and I'm going to build on it and it's worthless. But what I'm, what I don't want to happen when I think might happen 
is that I think that he's going to signal that he's going to create a new currency. He's going to airdrop it to Doge holders. But you got a KYC to get it. And he's going to give people the opportunity to buy Doge while it's super cheap. But like the trade-off is you're going to KYC and send your Doge to him and it's going to be like lot like locked up. Like the Do- I don't think he cares about KYC at all. Well, like I think he's trying to disincentivize the Doge wells. Like if you want to if you want to still be a well, then you got a KYC. I see like, what you're saying. It's a, you're you're going to take a cut, right? Because you're going to have to pay taxes. You're going to like you're going to take a cut. You're not going to be nearly as influential in this ecosystem. All right, I hear you. I don't know. It's just a wild, just wild conspiracy there. Like yeah, I, didn't read I feel anywhere. like out of my own. Out of my own wrinkly brain. So, so like, I just feel like that's very high level or like, actually, that's not very, that's very deep, like in the weeds. Like, you know how many, I've been in crypto for like however long and, and you know, the number of airdrops that I participated in is very small. So just to get, out, bro. I did too, I but these people that have done airdrops have made more oh, money yeah. than we have. No, totally, totally agree. But like, you know, like to get everybody to participate in a Doge airdrop, I, you know, and the number of coins that were going to be just not claimed ever. Think about I the meme of Elon giving the world UBI. Oh man, there it because is. Because if That's- he doesn't do it, like, like if here, here's the problem is if he doesn't do it, like Bill Gates has already got all these patents through Microsoft for all these different cryptocurrencies, and then Zuckerberg's coming out with uh with libra which they've rebranded it into to a different name now but yeah. it's like elon's got to do something or he's he's leaving the fate of the world in the hands of bill gates and mark zuckerberg which i mean isn't he the one that basically said that bill gates wasn't that smart like when he the one that was just like yeah somebody asked him like what he thought of bill gates when he when they met and i think he he said he, he wasn't that impressed <laughs> but uh you know i think like Elon's Elon's not really worried about Bill Gates. I think I think Elon has a sight set on uh, Jeff Bezos. I think I think that's kind of like his his arch. Dude, I bet you Mark Zuckerberg's the one that keeps him up at night. How come nobody? How come none of the other billionaires talk about Mark Zuckerberg? Because they're afraid they, of him. Are they afraid like, of him? Like, like I don't know if you you probably don't keep up with Project Veritas, but they had a they had a they 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 keep you know pretty high level leaks from Facebook, and one of the guy basically raised a good point that there have been no king in the history of the world that have been in control of th- over three billion people, but Mark Zuckerberg is. Yeah, but then I mean, like in 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 many ways, but a lot of these ecosystems could kind of say something like take uh, Amazon for example. Like think about the number of households, the number of people, and then like through all their other services. That's nothing compared to Facebook, though, man. Well, then think about the CCP. That's nothing compared to Facebook. Facebook's got more, three plus billion. China's not three billion people. All yeah, like, all I'm uh, saying is. I, I get where you're coming from, and we're just arguing who we think 
is the most powerful person in the world. And for me, it's like, okay, come back to Facebook and what, you know, whatever. Peter Thiel is the first person that funded Facebook. Peter Thiel is also the co-founder of Palantir. Peter Thiel co-founded PayPal and worked with like, it's just like. Peter Thiel is also a homosexual that funded Trump. True, true. Exactly. But like, it's all part, like, yeah. it's all part of this. Like he is this evil billionaire. That's like, you know, he's like, uh, no, well, I don't know if he's evil or not, but like <laughs> he is the very, he's like, like the Dr. Evil of our time. Um, I think because, Peter Thiel's blessed. Right. Like I think, I think Peter Thiel is blessed. Like I think that God and the universe just shine on him. <laughs> well, I like, I like the Dr. <laughs> Evil comparison. Um, you know, cause Dr. Evil is not really evil. He just like, he's just like, yeah, I'll do whatever I want. And I think that's what Peter Thiel does. It's just like, he, you know, the whole Gawker thing was hilarious, you know, like, you know, yeah, then, like, like, didn't he, didn't he like help Hulk Hogan get out of that legal, like, that's just the whole thing is like, how come nobody talks about him? Oh, cause everybody's scared of him too. Everybody's scared. Everybody's legitimately scared yeah. of him. Well, just like, okay. So like Mark Zuckerberg can silence you on the internet. Peter Thiel could have you killed and nobody would ever know about it. Like by an artificial intelligence, like your computer camera could just shock you right now. And like Peter Thiel would be the one that did that. Laser eyes just everywhere. <laughs> Seriously though, like he's, he's like Palantir is the most, like you just know they're up to no good. You know, they're collecting mass amounts of data and running it through algorithms to protect you. Like, like straight up from like minority report style, like predict who is most likely to commit crimes sort of stuff. Uh, so here's his way of extracting money out of the Saudis. I don't even know where to begin with. <laughs> but no, like just to, to be able to have that technology. Um, <clears throat> no, he's, he's to me clearly working on uh, the most innovative, pushing the, the most edge uh, of, of the industries that he's taking part in. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's founded every, he's founded Ethereum or co he funded Ethereum, I should say, uh, BlockFi, all of everything. Our baby RSR, which is yeah. right now probably one of the most valuable projects in off crypto because they're serving a real use case. Yeah, those Speaking real of that, use case, those real use case crypto projects are just awesome, aren't they? Yeah. Speaking of that, I was actually just talking to my wife and I was like, what do you want to know about crypto? Like what, what should, I asked her, what should we talk about on this call? She asked you how and thick the thick Pikachu was? <laughs> no, I didn't tell her about thick Pikachu. That would uh, be my first crypto question if I was a no corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's, she's, she knows she's, she's got coins. She knows her shit now. Um, anyway, she was asking like one, what are some of the real, real use case, like real world use case scenarios for crypto? Uh, and I, and she knows some for sure, but she's like, what are they? And then two, why do they matter to me? Which I thought was a much more interesting question specifically from like your normie viewer. Um, like why do they matter? And so I figured I'd pose that to you guys. 
Like, how can we convince more people to buy crypto or like get into crypto? Be interested in that. I think that's a hard. I think I think like so. I battle that, and I think the what I came to is that like you have to get people to understand money, not just not just fiat, but just like the concept of money in general, and then like once you get them understanding money as energy instead of just like some physical pile of asset like and then you start explaining like that with blockchain not only like do you have full control of that energy but you can store it and you can make sure like that the scarcity of it stays you can protect it from inflation like you've got it like that's yours versus like gold where they can just keep extracting more fiat it's like it's an uphill battle right because it's like people are like from what i can tell people don't care about fiat like they like actually understanding it people only care about using it and so when it comes to crypto they only care about using it and so it's like a waste of time trying to convince people to use it it's 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 a, you're better off trying to convince people it's a ponzi scheme invest in it you're going to get rich because like the use cases are going to come the uses are going to get built then when people use it and they've made money from holding it they're going to evangelize 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 and they're going to show people but like just trying to like be like from what i've felt from what i've seen i've gotten i've, I've won more people over by saying i don't like i don't need to convince you like like i don't I don't need to argue with you. Like you don't need to like, if, if, I don't understand why you're so upset with how I spend my money. Like, why does it, why does it matter to you? You know, like get, I feel like that's the better conversation to have is to get them into their frustration and to get them like really getting into their own answers. Because like, from what I found is trying to like give the answer to somebody. They just want to fight. They just want to argue. And it's just like, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue. It's a Ponzi scheme. Just, just put your money in and convince somebody else to do it. And if you don't sell and I don't sell and they don't sell, then one day we'll be able to use it and we'll all be rich. <laughs> yeah. Look what happened on GameStop, right? Like yeah. Wall Street bets, baby. Like no sale, diamond hands, diamond hands. It's just like, that's so much easier for people to understand. But like on that same note, my wife, who who does a good job like explaining it to people, never really is like talked to me about crypto. But she comes to me the other night and said, "What is this?" One of my infl Instagram influencers showed me this. Was it? And I was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "What?" And I looked at it. She goes, "She said that she doesn't have to do anything, and she's getting paid to stay at home. Like she doesn't even care about her influencer money anymore because she's just making crypto." And I was like, "What is this?" And she showed me. And it's like some Tron airdrop bot that like is just like this. And, and and it's just like my wife, like she didn't know what Tron was. She didn't, but like just the idea of having like that money just deposit, like that just like super piqued her interest of like, what is this? So I guess like going to back to your question, I think DeFi showing people that you can put money in to a US dollar stable coin 
and then go and deposit that US dollar stable coin into a project that you think looks cool. And that from depositing that US dollar stable coin, you're going to yield this token as interest. And that it could be worth a lot of money one day or it could be worth nothing. But like you get to join a community and you get to have a whole like new ecosystem to interact with. Like it's like a cult without religion, you know, like. So I, I just feel like that's the easier way, like get people in, show them DeFi, show them interest, show them that you can make money without doing anything. It's better than just keeping your money in a, in a bank account. You can leave it in stable coins to where you don't have like downside risk. Um, and there's this cool community where you can like make memes and be like some degenerate, like internet character. I mean, that may not matter to your wife, but like, I don't know. I just feel like that's, no, I mean, she's just, she's curious, you know, she sometimes hears us. She's not here right now, but she sometimes hears us talking and ask me some questions about it. But um, <clears throat> she's also like trying to understand NFTs and like, she asked me, so it's like, is it a picture that you own the rights to? Like, she was just kind of curious of the value proposition for NFTs. Um <clears throat> And like I was talking about people, you know, selling her his $69 million art artwork. And granted it's a masterpiece, right? 5,000 pieces, one every day, you know, that's huge. Um, but why is that more valuable than a screenshot of, of it? Yeah, uh, Tyler, you're on mute. Tyler, you're muted. Oh, sorry. So like, think about it. Think about it like designer brands. Like you can go on DHgate and buy a Chinese made knockoff of anything for like 20 something dollars, right? And it, it looks the same. It's the same colors. It's the same stitch pattern. Oftentimes it's not nearly as comfortable. Um, and you know, the, the thing is, is you didn't buy it from the correct manufacturer that's actually doing everything according to the spec. You, you, you bought, you bought a lookalike. Um, and so the same with like uh, NFTs, like for this instance, we're talking about art, which NFTs go into like a mortgage contract would be an NFT. But, right? but specifically art, let's, let's stay on art. art, right? Like, so you've got the guy that like went, and and created the piece of art and then like you've got like he minted that through a contract and then you receive that contract and then you have it right and it's verifiable that that piece of art was produced from that contract that was made from that producer whereas like somebody else that has it they just essentially went and bought a screenshot and like the effort that went into their token is just a screenshot, right? And, and and so like they can have it just like you can have a copy of the Mona Lisa, you can have a burned CD, you can have all these things, but like the the memetic value of anything is like from like the the original in the original, you know? Right. And, and I totally totally agree with you. And I guess this is what I struggled explaining was like to them, 
uh, to her, you know, like she doesn't, she's never going to spend $69 million on a piece of art. And, and like, yeah, she's never going to do that. Um, but from a experience, from like an experimental, a mental, uh, no, experiential uh, perspective, you know, like actually experiencing digital art for anybody besides the artist um, and, you know, maybe collectors or whatever, the actual experience of digital art is the same. You know, the actual experience of Mona, the Mona Lisa versus a, like a, a screenshot of it is different because you're actually witnessing, you can, you have the canvas, you have the paint, you have the, the brush strokes, every, like all that. I, I see where you're going. And so like the, 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 the delineation happens between COVID and generation Z. So, so like the belief is from all of these economists and, and, and people that are examining it is that Gen Z and thereafter are going to live their lives online. And that because of the way society's going with global warming and like all of these different uh, societal and environmental pushes, population reduction, all these things, minimalism in the physical world is going to be a very um, highly looked upon trait in the future, right? If you if you live in a small house with 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 not a lot of furniture that was all made from sustainable materials by like 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 that minimalistic lifestyle in the physical world is going to be like very 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 important. And then as you move over to like proof of stake blockchains that aren't using any power or much power to produce things, then abundance in the online world is going to be like that much more like of a status symbol. Right. And so like anybody's going to be able to have a copy of this in their museum, but like the status of having the original is going to like in the online world is going to be even bigger than the status of having the original in the outside world, because in the online world, like anybody can have it, but like you paid the money to have the original, like and, you and pretty much commissioned it. And an important point is in the physical world, arguably it is much more difficult to prove authenticity than in the digital world. In the digital world, it's as it's literally as simple as, yeah, that's Picasso's because it's on the blockchain and everybody can see it. Whereas like if you have a Picasso at a museum, neither you nor I nor you <laughs> are going to be qualified enough to look at two of them and tell the difference because we don't know what we're looking for. But if the blockchain says this is that, that's all the authenticity you need in the digital world. So it's actually easier to prove. So that problem is already solved if you get over that and still consider, you know, something non-fungible or art. And you got to look at the patronage of the artist, right? So like think about in the future with people who goes and gets a ripoff and then their friends can go and verify that they bought a ripoff and that they didn't actually like spend the money to support that. They didn't spend the 50 cents to own that, that, that song in their wallet. They went and like got it through LimeWire and it's like, not only did they like create some type of like illegal activity on the blockchain, but they also make themselves look cheap 
to all their friends. Like you could have spent 50 cents and, and gave like, you know, little boosty 10 cents, right? Like, but you, you decided that, that, that you were too cheap to spend 50 cents and like, you just went and copped it somewhere else and, and cut little boosty out of his money. Like you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, those are air force ones, but they're like fading to yellow a little bit. Those, you know, I don't think you really got real air force ones there. Um, but uh, you know, I also want to say wrote like to your earlier question, like, what do you, what do you tell people? And Tyler touched on some important stuff, but I think we've gone through a phase where it was just Bitcoin, right? In the first days, it was just Bitcoin. And then like, there were alternatives, alternatives with big ideas. But like we were early and we were early because it was interesting economically uh, from a business perspective, from an investment perspective, however we all got into it. Like, you know, we, we kind of believed in the idea of decentralized money. And to some degree, we had to have a base understanding of how money works. We're all business degree-ish people, like in different uh, categories on finance, accounting, row, you're what, finance? And uh, Tyler, you are more like uh, supply chain ID. I was industrial and, distribution and marketing. And marketing, yeah, ID, ID and, and marketing. So, um, you know, we, we all have a business background. We all very, very, we understand money very well. And so for us, it was, you know, the, the base floor was already kind of uh, in place. And to take a step in understanding towards decentralized money, that, that wasn't really too large for us. But I think what you're talking about, Ro, is like what, how, how do folks that money is not at the top of the way that their, you know, everyday operates due to their career or the way that they kind of approach the world, how, how do you kind of like, how do they benefit from this? And I think in the early days, yeah, you kind of had to pitch it as a investment opportunity. It wasn't, it's a great, you know, it's, but like you have to be aware of the fact that, yeah, you want to appreciate in value. And some people, you know, I would, I would approach in the early days, it's like, Hey, you should buy Bitcoin. I mean, like, frankly, they just weren't interested in making an investment, right? They, they weren't at that point in their life or weren't investing in anything or just the idea of, Hey, you can turn a hundred into 200 uh, over time. It's kind of like, well, you know, I've got better use for a hundred right now. Um, but you know, I think like that was the kind of the early days. I think now we have some interesting stuff happening and this is a lot of the DeFi stuff. This is a lot of like the interoperability of like, once you get your money under crypto, you can do so much stuff with it. And like, if somebody asked me like what I can do with it or like why it's useful to me, I would kind of struggle, you know, and I wouldn't want to say, well, just buy some, you can make a lot of money. Cause it's really not even about that anymore. You know, it's not really just about that anymore um, that will always kind of drive the economics of innovation the ability to benefit you know monetarily from your work and you know what you build um, but it's kind of like a build it build it and they will come type of thing like we were talking about earlier and that's what you've got and so right now when i think about like um you know in the early early days when everybody had flip phones early days it wasn't that long ago uh, but before the iphone um, you know, and some people kind of took the leap, got the iPhone and it wasn't that great, you know, but it was cool touchscreen, but then like the second and the third version of the iPhone, the 3G and then the 3GS, but the 3GS, like the, like if you didn't have an iPhone, you didn't know, but if you did have an iPhone, you knew how awesome it was and you knew the benefits that it, it gave you and what it unlocked, but it was really hard to explain it to people. 
And so you really just had to kind of like show them or you kind of just had to say, well, here, well, if you get one, you'll understand. And I think that's kind of what I'm doing with people now is I'm kind of just saying, yeah, you know, they're like, why do you mess with crypto? Like, what would be in it for me? What's the use case? Like, why, why would I care? And it's not really about let's you can you can make money now. It's more about. Hey, you know, get a little bit, see, see what you can do, like you'll understand, just get some. And it's kind of like what you said, Tyler, like. Don't justify like it in terms of like, oh, I don't need you to get it, you know, but it's just like, look, if you try it out, what's the harm? Just just spend a little bit. And I, and I feel like that's been working for me in terms of like convincing people to to give it a shot and adopt crypto. I think I think one thing that um, like when you're when you're convincing people, not you in particular, but just any. Well, maybe, maybe I'm just talking about me. But when I when I when I'm convincing people, like if I'm giving somebody advice or if I'm telling somebody something to do, um, I'm making the mistake of like, we've talked about this before, like the knowledge that we have from being in the space, as long as we have, even though it's only been like five, six years, you got to look at it in terms of like how old the space is. And so like, it's not like we've got five years of knowledge over somebody like Seth or over any of our other friends. It's that like, we've got that five years plus one day. We've got the five year percentage of that over that person, five years plus two days. We got the five year percentage portion of that over that person. Right. And it's like, that's exponential. And and it's going to take it's going to take more than 5 years it's going to take it's going to take 10 years for new people to like get caught up to the level that we're caught up i mean maybe maybe less for for the more wrinkly brained um but um yeah it's going to take a long time and 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 the mistake i make is when i'm trying to tell people and give people advice i'm giving them advice based on all the knowledge that i have and what I would do right now, if I was just like clean slate, no investment, no nothing, like what move would I make right now? And, and what I realized is like, that's so ineffective because they've got to take that advice into consideration. And then they usually end up acting on it at the absolute worst time. And I guess where I'm getting on with that is we got to be careful because we're getting at that point in, in crypto to where once everything goes dot com bubble and starts going exponential, we're going to be okay when it crashes. But just like in 2017, a lot of people aren't. And a lot of these things this time, they're not going to make a comeback. Like, some of these things will, but a lot of this stuff's going to retrace and then we'll have a couple Amazons and a couple Googles, but like most of these things this time, they shouldn't make a comeback. Like, like they shouldn't make a comeback. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, I, I almost don't want to talk to anybody about crypto this time because like 
I would be afraid that like literally I would put somebody in financial ruin if like I give them good advice and then they decide to act on it at the wrong time. Yeah, I uh, I think this is what I am telling my friends uh, is just like dollar cast average into some stuff on Coinbase. You know, just like figure out some stuff you like. Don't go on. Don't go all in and then hold for like a year. Like just hold for a year. Like you'll you'll experience some highs and lows, and then after a year, you should have uh, a pretty good idea of what you like and what don't what you don't like um just because by that point people will have monitored their investment you know how do you get involved in something or how do you get interested in something you start you put a tiny bit of money and you watch it and so that's kind of what i'm i've been telling my friends but coming back to the nfts uh i think all all your points were valid uh but by and large it seems like unless you are so there's like the collect like the the digital trading cards aspect of it that are, that are interesting but but by and large unless you're like a collector collecting legit art there's really no need to buy nfts you know like there's there's like because because uh, and and like maybe eventually there will be like everybody like nfts will be ubiquitous but right now you know Get on Reddit. So you like, just let, screen, let me screenshot yeah. of me. So let me and present it's not a big two deal. cases, right? The two cases for buying NFTs. One is uh, Jordan um, Cobain. He paints an argument, right? That that basically it's like buying altcoins. Like when 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 these new generative NFTs come out, to grab up the like when they're all the same price, to grab up the special ones. Out of, just out of that bunch it's like it's like buying the good icos right like mm -hmm. you're gonna make 10 20 30x on your money you can sell it at any time no matter if the project's successful or not but for the most part you're right like just buying nfts in general like just buying art right now um you know the thing the things that i'm buying are are ai no, I, 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 I'm serious though, right? Like AI generated art as an NFT, right? Like I think it's something that's highly repl replicable, like as like the concept, like lots of people can replicate the concepts, but I think the people that have the good ideas of what generative art to produce early on with AI as an NFT for a one of one, I think they're going to be rewarded as artificial intelligence becomes more of like what's driving investments of institutions and institute and, and art becomes more of a, of a liquid, a liquid industry. I could see algorithms trying to direct firms to buy paintings done by algorithms based on classical artists who did it early. Right. Like, like that's just like a speculative thing. Um, and then the, the 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 other things like the generative NFTs, like I was talking about, about, like buying the ones that are rare, the ones that the algorithms spit out that are super rare. Um, and then the other things is, is just like ICOs, like buying the greater full things, like buying the things that are limited amounts that that you can grab up early that you think other people are going to want that you can you can flip on them. And when you look at it, like people don't 
people are overlooking it because you can't just go and buy like $5,000 worth of coin. It goes up in value. You dump it for 30. You actually have to have a little bit more skill. Like you actually have to have pay a little bit more attention to what's selling and who's buying and then be able to grab the things that you know they're going to want as they drop. So that way you've got somebody to sell it to. And it's so easy to get like a 25, 30X in NFTs where you can't pull that in the regular market right now, but you can pull a 30X on an NFT almost any day. So so I hear you in your, in, I, I think this is one of those prime examples specifically with your AI generated art where it's like legit, maybe legit good advice, but no, don't follow it. Like you don't like, other people should not follow this advice, especially if you're if you're new to crypto, because you know the chances of you know you're you're competing with guys like Tyler to to identify those situations, and guys like Cobain and Path, and all of these guys who are deeply embedded in this NFT market. And you know, for the vast majority of people, I would say what you just said really solidifies my argument. Is like for the vast majority of people, you have no business buying NFTs. Um, like again, with the exception of like NBA top shots, you have this really big brand that has adopted, adopted, uh, um, what's it called? And those NBA top shots are, are very likely going to be like trading cards. Um, whereas, you know, you, you probably have some, some, most of those cards are going to be worth, you know, maybe they might retain value. They might hold value, but but a couple crypto of them will be punks, fucking awesome. Crypto yeah, crypto punks, punks are another one. One of the most valuable things. Like crypto punks are going to, in the future, crypto punks are going to be one of the most valuable assets in the entire world, which is blows my mind. I think they're, I don't think the most valuable assets in the world, I don't think they're going to, it's going to be art, you know? Um, so a yeah, couple hey, of them will be. If you really want to, if you really want to, um, somebody needs to burn one of the aliens. Burn one of the aliens, and whoever's got the other one, that that would drive that. Oh, you're on mute. Oh, there's there's not there's nine value. aliens. Oh, are there nine of them? Yeah, I thought there were only two. Okay, there's nine total aliens. Well, yeah, if you've got if you've got multiple aliens, you burn one. Bring bring more value to the entire CryptoPunks uh, ecosystem. Actually, I do. Yeah. I do think CryptoPunks has an edge because they they were like the first one to kind of do that concept. Everything's been copied. That just embeds the CryptoPunks project in stone. But you know, I also think like a couple points on NFTs. Um, the whole like digital art thing that's going on right now. The the digital art world is colliding with the blockchain. Put stored on a on a uh, you know blockchain or your public F address type of. Um, Thing. So, you know, like this, this shit right here actually was, was a good project. And there's going to be some other things that, that come out too, but like, this is the epitome of it all. And like when this digital art pixelated type thing, or like the algorithmic, um, just like computational output of art in whatever capacity, including what you were talking about, Tyler, more classical type stuff and re-renderings and sh and stuff like that. Um, I feel like at some point, like the whole thing is going to just pop and both things will stay, right? The whole NFT system will continue to go on. The whole digital art system will continue to go on. But right now they kind of found each other and we're seeing just like a huge, like 
adoption of value in that. The sustainability, you know, will kind of be determined by people and, and how the system evolves, but definitely one of the original, like one of the OG type of like projects. And I don't know about most valuable thing in the world, but I think like years from now, if you have one of these things, um, it's going to be like, you know, having Bitcoin in the early days. But then again, this is going to go through so much volatility um, that, you know, what's the next thing? You know, it's it's like, uh, it's just the, the cycles, you know, playing cards or uh, trading cards or like, who would have thought Pokemon cards would have seen the price appreciation they saw this year in large part due to the pandemic? Uh, you know, I, I, I personally didn't see that. And so, um, but for the last decade, you know, they really haven't been worth that much. Only recently have they appreciated so much in price. And I think, you know, we're, we're combining blockchain or uh, digital assets with art here. And so art has that same sort of cycle where there's long periods of time where it's not worth as much as it's worth. And then you, you have to capitalize as the owner on saying, hey, oh, shit, there is this hype cycle right now. Let's, uh, you know, let's capitalize. And so. But anyway, thank you guys for uh, for entertaining that conversation with, regard, with regards to like what to tell new people about crypto and, and why it actually matters to them. And kind of on that last one, it's just like, it's just uh, the, the best thing I tell them is that it's the future, you know? And it's if you, at risk of getting left behind, it's worth taking a look. And you can make a lot of money as, in the process. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate that all of the really good arguments for crypto are, are are not good selling points to people who who like need to be sold crypto. You know, I, mean, I guess that's like a, it's like, that's like a, it's almost like the sickness of society. Crypto, but sorry we're we're transition but yeah I, I wanted to talk about uh layer twos and uh other layer ones so everybody's like hopping on the big layer two train especially because uniswap uh uniswap v3 came out and they announced that they're going to be utilizing uh optimism and optimism as a, a layer two um for for like selling trades and um I, i've just been in chats with some really smart people and what everybody seems to think that is is even more heavily into the space than i am is that layer twos are like a fad and that that like it's just like getting hype right now and people are like hyping it up but for the most part they're they're not real um that that layer two like like if we just move things to layer two um then it's going to cause just a different set of problems um and that like this optimism like people who are her development savvy who have been on calls with the the optimism team um you know that they leave with more questions than answers to the like before they got on the call and and some of the drawbacks of optimism are like uh seven day withdrawal periods now MakerDAO is like working on a solution to like make it to where it's it's instant 
but the way I understand it is that that's not delivered yet. And I don't know if there's like a timeline for delivery. Um, but, but yeah, so the idea is that these layer twos are just hype and that what's what about to happen is that, uh, layer, uh, like old layer ones or like layer ones that actually work. So like avalanche, which we can see the avalanche is like cranking, um, polka dot, um, cosmos, um, you know, well, you can see what Cardano's done. Um, but like other layer two layer ones are supposed to, uh, get some real light. Um, because, uh, basically they think that, that, that they're going to steal some of the, the, the app share from Ethereum, um, for some of these apps to be able to scale that they're not going to be able to do it on a layer two. So that seems to be what a lot of people think is that, that layer ones are about to have their day. Um, that are not Ethereum, but everybody still seems to believe that that Ethereum is going to like keep that market share, so that like layer ones are gonna gonna steal the 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 glory of layer twos, but then Ethereum is gonna come and and reclaim that that liquidity from from those other layer ones when it's ready. I think. Uh... That's a really interesting point. Uh, from what I've heard is, especially like in the DeFi community, it seems that you would need a mass, like mass exodus from whatever you guys, whatever these guys are doing on layer one to a specific layer two platform is the way I've heard it framed. So basically it would be like a winner take all sort of thing just to make sure that liquidity on that layer two platform is available for all of the uh all the transactions that needed need to happen uh so th so that's interesting um i hadn't heard the thought that it would just kind of flake out and there would just be multiple layer one blockchains that needed to focus on scalability in the in the base layer uh which if that's the case then i would say solana definitely has a, a pretty pretty high advantage in that arena that being said f is still right there um you know with with f 2.0 coming out however long from now um but you know even before then eip 1559 coming out later this year uh i think really for me the f use cases they're they're getting punched right now you know they're, they're taking their punches right now uh but given how big they are and their contribution to the 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 ecosystem overall historically um they're not going anywhere especially at least not yet you know they this year and last year specifically uh they introduced some legitimate competitors right there is some legitimate com competitors to ethereum now uh however they're still doing so much and they're still the entire basis of the DeFi ecosystem. Only now are there are, are people really getting crowded out uh, just because of gas fees, et cetera, but remove the gas fees uh, or at least severely cut down the gas fees. You still have a very uh, like highly op operable system uh, with, with ETH and, you know, again, EIP 1559 is only months away now. Uh, 
And I, and I guess the last thing on that is in terms of our investment. Um, the bigger they are, the harder they are to move. And, you know, I think we're all, we all see that these alts have value. Um, and I think for F, it will be the one that pops off the longest. You know, it'll be the last thing. It'll be like the Apple of the alts. And once Apple or Amazon, you know, once the fang starts to uh, start to decline, that's that's the top. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen here. Is like, F is going to going to pump, and it's going to pump hard, but it's going to so, be the last because everything else will have pumped, and because they're lighter. So, like, I I, I agree that F is going to pump. It's going to pump hard. But one thing I want to like point out is like, you know, you. you 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 think that just because something's bigger it's harder to move but like you know like we've talked about the chart is human psychology and psychology i think looks at things in in like millions billions like they look at things in like numbers right so like so like think about it like when something's under a hundred million dollars like that's the range, right? They're looking at that hundred million dollars is like that price ceiling, right? It's like, then once it breaks a hundred million, well then where's the next top of the range? It's a billion dollars, right? Like, cause now we've, we've, we've gone outside of that. We've gone to that next denominator. So once something breaks a billion dollars, it's like, where's the floor? A billion dollars. Where's the next ceiling? A hundred million dollars, 10 million, $10 billion. So I think that like Ethereum's getting to that point to where like it's going to be a lot harder for it to like it's got a less of a multiple for it to move to that next ceiling than some of these other new alts that have just broke a billion to get to like 10 billion. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? It's like Ethereum running to 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 what it ran to last time. There's no rhyme or reason. Like it's sh it shouldn't have ran to six hundred dollars. Like it should have went to forty dollars and should have like like forty dollars should have been the top. But it just like kept going, and I think that's like what we could see with some of these things, like some of these layer ones that are that are in the low billion dollar market cap, like one to three billion dollar, five billion dollar market cap coins. I think we could see the jump for like a $2 billion market cap coin to a $20 billion market cap coin. Like, I don't think that's too far of a jump. Well, what's a, what's a billion dollars? You know, it's not what it used to be a couple months but it, ago. It, it may not even take a billion. Well, it may not even take a billion dollars to get it there. Yeah. But you know, and yeah, you're right. And, but, and it's like, but whatever, you know, whatever you have going on in crypto, it's underlined by what's going on in fiat systems. We're printing money out the ass. <laughs> and so that's the denominator here. So it's like there's money flowing in to crypto, but then the denominator is being devalued also. So the magnitudal effect is hard to calculate there because the calculate, like the basis was dollars, but your dollars don't have the same you know, there's more dollars floating out there. What are the implications of that? Um, so I don't know. Then again, there's the whole liquidity thing. 
um, the, the thing that could derail, well, there's probably a lot of things that could de derail this cycle, this excitement, this bull run that we are like, hopefully just the beginning of. But one of the things is this liquidity. All of this money flowing in. Okay, so all of the fiat money flowing in to crypto. Like, where's money coming from? Like, everybody's, you know, everybody's got something going on with Robinhood or, you know, whatever. People are trading crypto. They're, even if it's small amounts of money. Then you have large, large players like the Tesla conversation and uh, things like that. But then you've got, like, inter-crypto leverage, right? You've got borrowing without like the regulation something like something's going to be built that can't be sustained whenever things start to you know pull out at some point somehow um in this entire ecosystem somebody's built something that's not sustain sustainable and you know when the tide goes out you kind of figure out who's been swimming naked right like warren buffett says and we haven't had the tide go out of DeFi yet so you know, we'll see, but I mean, the, the, the implications of like leverage bubbles, you know, that could be a pretty catastrophic thing. Talking about something that's not sustainable. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at BlockFi. They just cut their interest rates substantially. So. That's some bullshit. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, that was. I believe it. I don't know why, but I believe them. So yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think we're about to get to the point with with DeFi to where people are going to start pushing out products like that, like what I just showed, that are just like, how can you even offer that? Like, there are so many people that are buying Tesla using that service because it's early and you can still do it without they're like putting their money in, they're getting Bitcoin, they're buying Tesla, buying these Teslas. And then like they're, they don't think they're going to get, they think they're going to be able to get their money back. Wait, what are you saying? So like that, that Al Alchemac mix that I, that I just sent in. So like the idea is people think that they're like, people are, are depositing crypto and then taking a loan and then they are buying these Teslas with Bitcoin. And then the idea is that the interest and the whatever on the loan, like takes care of the payments and eventually it pays itself off. And then you get your, you get your collateral back. And so like you basically walk away with your, your crypto that you, you put as, as collateral you, you got your Tesla for free and, 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 and the interest paid off, paid off the loan. And it's like, that's not sustainable. Yeah. Especially if, uh, especially if there's a, an issue with any of these stable coins, you know, if GUSD isn't fully backed, you know, or they end up with a liquidity issue, you know, I mean, you could experience a typical run on the bank situation. Cause you know, there's no right. This is like, you know, hundred years ago, you know, more than that, <laughs> this is like, uh, like there, there's no like system in place to protect people. And so it's all super, super risky. Um, 
if you're doing risky stuff. But the stablecoin stuff, it's like with as much money is in stablecoins. Like if that if those dollars aren't actually somewhere, well then you know the whole thing is a bubble because that's people's basis. You know that's kind of like saying, okay, well, you know, but I gave you my gold bars. But um, cool. Well, hey, uh, we got to wrap it up here pretty soon. But I got one. I got one question. Maybe like uh, just kind of given the conversation today, leave it leave it on one topic. Um, you know, we're at, I don't know, I don't have my screen up, but uh, yes, I do. So we're at about 51,000 right now. 24 hours, we're down 10%. Um, and I think we probably bled out a little bit before that as well. So, you know, down over 10%, we're down to 51,000 on Bitcoin. Where are we going to be this time next week? Um, one thing I'm looking at, which is <clears throat> just something that I find interesting, uh, GBTC tracks Bitcoin. Currently, that price is just under 42. So it's tracking to about 42,000 per Bitcoin. Um, that lines up with kind of the max pain scenario for Deribit. Uh I don't know where we're going to be at this time next week. What's the day? It's going to be April, right? Yeah, it'll be April 1st. Ooh, so monthly open. Where do we think crypto or Bitcoin is going to be specifically? You just touched on GBTC, though. Supposedly that's the play right now is long GBTC, but short, but short, like current futures. Um, I, mean, I think that I think that we go and we settle around. I think we go in the forty nines, but I don't think I don't think we break forty eight, and then I think that by next week. So what would that be? March the what or April? What day would that be next week? April 1st. April 1st. April 1st. Thursday. Yeah. I think April 1st. We're around 57. Fifty-seven, and give me like a thousand dollars of room on on top either side, but but around fifty-seven. So you think we're bouncing up? You think we'll be up next week? Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think we go into the high forties, and then we're 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 back up. At, we're back up. Yeah, all within a week. Yeah. Okay. I think I think I, th I think we get a I think we get a I think we get a bottom this. Either either today or, or or tomorrow. I don't know though. The alternative scenario, my alternative scenario would be next week or April first. That's my hopeful scenario. My alternative scenario is that we're we're around forty six. Gotcha. I think uh, I think we go down. 
think we start skidding down further. We probably settle here for a little while, let everybody catch their breath, lure in some more money. I think we sell off some more. Um, I think we break 50, maybe not by next week, but I think this is going to be lower and longer, lower and longer. Uh, yeah, it's longer, slower and longer pain. And I think we're going to bleed out some more. And I could see us going down to 47, but I, I can't really see us going below that. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to see that happen too, you know, because we have really, really strong hands, particularly right now. We have a strong hand portfolio. We're in it like we, we are sheltered, fortified, and in it for the long haul. So we can handle pain. And a lot of people, you know, are messing around and doing some stuff that, you know, they, you can't survive markets like this. Um, you can't stay solvent um, when the waves are like this. And so, yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see it kind of pull back a little bit more because when we start roaring, we're going to, we're going to rip higher. Um, and you don't want to miss that ride, right? That's the spaceship ride. So yeah, I think the, the rise, uh, the rise into the seventies and the eighties potentially um, it's close, but you know, we got, we got to shake some more people out. So I think we'll be, I think, I think that we'll be somewhere between 47 and 50 this time next week. That's pretty, that's a pretty nuanced answer, I'd say. Um, yeah, I think I generally agree. I think we're going to keep selling off uh, somewhere around that 45K, 46-ish. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. And then if we get a dip, uh, I don't know if this is going to be an extended uh, consolidation, it would make sense if we consolidate for the month of April. Uh, if we do that, you know, I could see us going down to this 40, let's just say 43K region, um, getting a little bounce, bouncing up to 50. And then, you know, towards the latter half of April, um, you know, if it is going to be an extended consolidation, hit 36, um, that would be a pretty wicked sell-off max pain sort of thing um that would be a lot of like welcome to crypto to a lot of people who just participated in this uh in this last run-up so as far as next week is concerned this time next week uh let's just say i'm gonna say we're, we're gonna be about where we're at let's just say 52k Okay, there you have it. We're, we'll we'll see. Last question, if I could just add, what do you think alts are going to do in that time? Bleed. Like, are you talking about alts in general, or like a different sector? I'm talking about like top fifty, top fifty two hundred. Broader crypto market. Yeah, not the micro, not our moon bags, like our, our ethlog, but our trading wallet, if you will. I think we bottom out and start consolidate. Like, I think we bottom out, like kind of like bottom out and then start kind of like consolidating upward, right? Like, I think, I think it's like a, a bottom out and then like it's kind of a slow, like accumulation, up, like almost like a, like a grim reaper, like a grim reaper. What's that? What is that tool called? Oh, 
Escape? I know. Maybe. But like... Grim Reaper tool. Yeah. It's Escape. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, okay. I think broader crypto markets are just going to continue to bleed, you know, kind of with Bitcoin. Interesting. I I think this is, and maybe this is just the raging bull inside of me, uh, but I think specifically 2017 alts are going to have their day um, very soon. Like I think, <laughs> I, I like like Litecoin. It's made new lows, and it's just an utter piece of shit. But I think it's gonna pump. Um, and I think Zcash and Tezos, even all of the shit from twenty seventeen, looks pretty solid against BTC. Yeah, everything's gonna pump at some point. Everything's going to pop. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up. Good call. I enjoyed it. It's fun. Right on. Peace, man. See you, dude.